Hey guys, welcome back to the Linux Land podcast. I'm joined by Jeff. Jeff, how you doing? Pretty good. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, as per usual, this is a podcast that is not very, um, you know, in-depth, laid out, prepared. Uh, we just talk about what we've been up to this week in Linux and life as well. So uh, what you been up to in Linux this past week? Post-apocalyptic RPGs. Yee. Actually, I was talking with someone today and they were having issues getting um, Fallout New Vegas running on Linux. Um, I know you've been streaming it lately, so, or uh, at least not very lately. I know you've been streaming some really neat games. So uh, did, did you have any problems with getting it running? I had no issues with uh, Fallout New Vegas. Hmm. Now, um, he is using a Debian-based distro, so that could be it. Well, on, uh, on the... Uh... On Ubuntu, I'm running. I uh, was using Proton Experimental, and I don't have it on this laptop anymore. Mm. But on the laptop, the laptop didn't like something about uh, Proton Experimental, hmm. and uh, and I had to use Proton. Was that six three or whatever it is? The one, mm. the latest one before. Yeah. But I Fallout New Vegas was just click install and click play. Mm -hmm. um, Fallout Three, I had to do something. Oh, Fallout you, 3 was weird for me. Did you use a custom version of Proton for that one? No, I'm using Proton 5 for oh. some reason. I can't remember why. Hmm. And um, a launch option. Hmm. I can't remember what. I, and I had to use a launch option for Fallout 3. I think no eSync or something. I'd have to look. Yeah. Uh, no eSync fixes a lot of issues, if we're being right. honest. It, it really does. I think it was that one, but I'd have to look. I'm not sure. But yeah, Fallout 3 took a little bit of work, but Fallout New Vegas is like hit, click, install, click, play. And that is what I like about a lot of Proton games. I mean, a yeah. large majority of them are just click and play. Um, even though people would have you believe otherwise. And based off you know, of... A lot of them are. The ones that aren't, aren't, but... yeah. Uh, yeah, the the ones that don't just click install, it's, you, you might have to jump through some hoops. But if we're being honest, I mean, it, if you look at it from the perspective of like a, a console gamer spending 30 minutes um, getting a custom version of Proton installed or, you know, this or that, um, it's pretty Glorious much the same thing. Rolls. Glorious Egg Roll is pretty easy to install in the... Uh documentation on the glorious egg roll sites really good it's so good his installation guide is perfect yeah um because the only thing that i ever hear people talk about when it comes to glorious uh, egg roll is where they just download it they don't even read the installation guide right and they have issues i'm like he he specifies it in there he teaches you how to get out of line like the dependency yeah. hell and that like it's super easy and you just got to follow the install guide. There's so many people yep. nowadays. I, I've talked about this lately and I, I would love to hear your opinion on it, but people just don't like, I, I highly doubt it's people not wanting to read or not being able to read, but people choose, like, it seems like people are deliberately choosing nowadays to not read at all. And it's so annoying. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes the actual answer is RTFM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're not being rude. I mean, you, usually when people say that, they're being rude. But sometimes it's the actual yeah. answer. Like sometimes, I mean, it does like 
and and also like I've started to get um, more and more on my own ass about not reading manual pages and going and Googling it. Cause I, I think it was actually in my live stream that I was doing uh, yesterday or well, technically last night, but whatever, still yesterday. Um, I, I had the issue of, um, I can't remember, I was using grep or something like that. And I was searching for a specific flag and I started Googling it and like, it, I was like, wait, what the hell am I doing? Just load up a man page, man. Like it's right there. It, it'll, it'll, it'll show you. And I'll end up, I'll end up Googling it a half the time anyway. Cause it's like, I'll see the man page. And I was like, yeah, I want to see this, an actual example of this. Yeah. Th that is one thing where the internet comes in super clutch is just seeing examples. Mm -hmm. uh, to be honest, there are some man pages that include some pretty good examples, but I'll, a lot of them don't. A lot of them just give you the information that you need um, without examples. That's one thing that I do give OpenBSD. Their their man pages are well well written and have huh. good most of the most if not all of the OpenBSD man pages have some really good examples in them as well. And I just in case if you're if you're ever considering moving away uh to to a bsd based operating system and you care about the documentation and making the transition easy open bsd i feel like is the place to go it's great uh -huh. um but i was also going to see so um i i'm actually just i just rendered out the video it finished literally right before i pressed mm -hmm. record uh to do this but um I've been ricing my DWM setup and I've gotten rid of my bar at the top. Like I can, I can press a um, shortcut and get the bar back in DWM, but I'm not using it at all. I've got four workspaces and I mean, it's, it's because I keep certain programs up on three of them. And then the last one is just like whatever, either a terminal right. browser, whatever. So, um, like I really don't need the bar and like what I've been doing instead is like making a whole bunch of little scripts. Like if I press mod B, I get my battery status. It'll tell me the percentage it's at <laughs> and whether it's full or not. I press mod T and that gives me the date and time. Um, mod shift S will give me, this is a really neat little script that I whipped up, but it'll give me my actual subscriber count uh, for the mm. channel, which is neat. So, so it's um, my rice here. It looks really good. It's a purple sort of darker theme. Um, but I, I really like the look of it. And I, I like how not having a bar has encouraged me to create a lot of nifty scripts uh, just to improve the functionality and stuff. And so I was going to see, have you been doing any ricing or changing up with your system here lately? I, uh, I got a dark pink theme going on. Ooh, nice. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, a, uh, uh, a, a, anim uh, a, anime style drawing of the band Nemophila. Nemophilia. I I I've heard that name before. I can't remember. Um they're a they're a Japanese hard rock metal band and they're uh they have a they have a they have a they just they're 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 uh they just got done mixing their first album, but they have a extended EP available of all their singles. Mm -hmm. And that was actually an international release and not a Japanese release, re, uh, released out of JPU records out of, uh, I think London or England or somewhere, but, and, uh, they're on like their fifth pressing already. And that usually takes, uh, that usually takes, you know, years to get to like the third or fourth or fifth pressing, but they've, they've been real popular. 
Well, I will say one thing. It is always nice to hear um, artists doing well. Um, right. The, the amount of artists out there that are just mistreated or, or and, and not having any luck with, with, with growing and success, it's really heartbreaking because like there's there's a lot of artists out there where that struggling or um, struggling or starving artist like statement really does come. It, it, it rings true for a lot of people. So they uh, they formed right before the right before the coup. And I think they did like two live shows and then the coup happened. Oh, but so they've been doing uh, they've been doing a lot of uh, it's not so much anymore. But at first, like every Friday, they drop a they drop a video and it was usually a cover of some old like metal song or hard rock song from when I grew up. Like um, they, there's a couple Iron Maiden. They're not a cover band, but the covers and releasing every week on YouTube for for almost for for a year really uh really helped get them popular mm-hmm. i i will say that's that's one thing that a lot that a lot of smaller artists and creators don't really understand it's like it, it it's one of those things where like you can if you like doing it and you want to branch out do it branch out because even though that's not you know what you're trying to do if you at least enjoy doing it it doing that is a really good way of bringing attention to yourself, building a brand and building your image. Um, because a lot, a lot of, a lot of artists and creators don't, don't really do the whole, like, and, and I'm guilty of this too. Um, the consistency is so difficult in being a creator. It, like, I don't think so many people like hate, hate calling, you know, doing YouTube or whatever type of creation, a job, but it, it really is like, it really (laughs) is. Even if you're not doing a lot of editing, um, I'm not even going to pretend to do a schedule anymore because I'm just terrible at keeping it. You started breaking up there. You said you, um, you said you, I'm not even, I'm not even going to claim the schedule anymore because I'm just terrible at keeping a schedule. Same. I, I don't try and lock myself into a schedule anymore, but I try and still do something, if not every day, close to every day. Um, it, so I was wanting to do a, I was wanting to do test adventures on Sunday mm-hmm. and more on, on Monday and follow up Fridays. No, whatever, whatever I do, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Screw, screw that schedule. <laughs> It's funny because I, I think Discord is crapping itself right now, so it sounds like it's a robot going in and out. With you. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. And then I'm running, uh, the the icon theme I'm running is the Moe, the Moe Butu theme. Oh so my! Uh, but then, uh, and I'm so it's like the the file manager's a, a a pink file folder with a heart on it. It don't look like an old man's. <laughs> desktop at all. Well, I will say one thing. I I I'm rocking even though I'm I, I'm not using a graphical file file manager anymore. I switch over to using um FFF as my file browser and I'm really liking it. Um it's I mean, it, it, it if you're unfamiliar with what the name uh or FFF stands for, it's it's quite literally the fucking fast file manager. That's what it stands for. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it's so fast. It uses BIM key bindings. I really like it. Um, but even though I'm not using a graphical file, file manager, really ever interacting with icon sets at all, I have a really nice 
pink icon set and i love it like i i love it like and my theme is purple too so like for a lot of people they might not consider my desktop the most uh manly thing out there but it I, I really like the aesthetic. It's it's really yeah. nice. Yeah, and this one, uh, Firefox, is like a pink dinosaur. It almost looks like Barney, but it's a pink dinosaur <laughs> instead of purple. And then I, I, I will say one thing. It is very nice to see a lot of other people's rices because um, like you do get an idea for how stupid the mindset of if you, you if you like pink you're you know you're you're not as masculine or so it's it's so funny to see that because i i know so many people who rock pink themes like hex dsl is a good example uh his 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 rice is always pink and it 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 looks really nice i mean in my opinion it looks really nice i'm sure other people would be like it looks heinous but it i like it I, I like it. I, I, get, I, I yeah. I get I get picky with my dark dark themes, and I'm not even sure where I grab these. But my window manager theme is something called Matcha Dark Sea. Mm -hmm. The GTK themes: Troll What, Pink Dark, and then the Moe Pink icons. <laughs> so it's like. I will say one thing: when it, when it comes to themes, themes are one of those things where. They, they really do improve the experience of your own desktop. And I wish mainstream like uh, operating systems like Windows and Mac would understand that it it is, even though it, it might make your um, your operating system less locked down, it, it at, for the end user, it's great. Being able to just change the uh, like the theme color like in windows they let you change like the bar color and like the highlight color and that's pretty much it besides the wallpaper it's it it's so annoying like let me theme it like let me choose how i want it to look and i don't know like mac is the same way like mac theming a mac is like have fun brother have fun <laughs> yeah the only real issue i had is the volume icon wasn't showing up and i had to figure that out Mm -hmm. And it was just it was just changing a file name to whatever XFCE was looking for there. Mm. Oh, so you're using XFCE. How, how much are you enjoying it? Because I've heard recently that XFCE has some more odd like um, behavior. Um, I haven't noticed any weird behavior, and I've been like I said, I've been using it basically, um, basically since 2012. I used Unity for for two years during the 1804 Ubuntu cycle. So I finally decided I liked Unity after not liking it forever. Yeah. And then they and then they dropped it. Yep. And dude, there's a, uh, I, I can't remember if it was while I was talking to you um, or not, but someone told me to go check out, there's apparently a distribution of Ubuntu that still has Unity in it. Um, and it, it, I really like the idea that they're trying to keep Unity alive, but I have never in my life seen a live usb so bucky like i huh. i swear to go, hand to god i have never seen a distribution so buggy i've well, seen I ones that don't work but not like that when i first installed zubuntu 2004 i did it at, right at feature freeze it was still in beta mm -hmm. and i went ahead and installed the unity desktop on that and uh, I think I ran it like that for about six months. And for the most part, it was okay. But like every now and then you'd run a game 
and the top bar, top bar and full screen wouldn't disappear like it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Just log back into XFCE to fix it. But I finally, you know, it was, uh, it needs more than maintenance at this point. Yeah. Uh, and it's getting maintenance, but that's all it's getting. Yeah. XFCE, XFCE is one of those um, desktop environments where I, I genuinely think if it had more, like more developers behind it, it would really help. Like, I mean, there's a lot of DEs where like GNOME is a good example of this. Like they need, they need to reevaluate their ideals because throwing an extra 15 developers on the GNOME team does jack shit. It just, it doesn't help anything. Uh, now for something like XFCE, if they had more developers to it, they could get a lot more done besides just trying to keep XFCE maintained and working the way that it should at its current state. They they could uh, they could use some work on their multi monitor support. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, they they have improved it some, right? Yeah, but uh, it's still wonky. Oh, are, are are you using a multi monitor setup? I was using two monitors. Um, I think it was yesterday, and I just went ahead and unplugged one. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, yeah, I had my twenty inch monitor as my uh, as the primary monitor, and that worked fine until I unplugged it. And then my uh, desktop was like doing weird stuff, like the top bar, mm. half the, the the whole screen would flash, and half the stuff would disappear. And you'd, and I ended up having to plug that monitor back in because nothing else. And then after, and then once that other monitor was plugged in, switch it and told and then tell it, no, make the map laptop monitor their primary monitor, and then unplug that monitor to fix it. <laughs> well, um, XFC is using their own compositor, right? I think so, yeah, because I haven't, I don't, I don't think I've had to install Compton in a while. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because from everything that I've heard, their compositor is very good, but just when it comes to, um, you know, not not necessarily odd setups, but more complicated setups, that's when it starts crapping itself. Uh, but yeah, the multi monitor supports weird because sometimes it works perfect, and then other times it's like, what the hell is. <laughs> Like I just unplugged that monitor and even like had shut down the machine. So I unplugged the extra monitor while the machine was turned off, booted it back up. And it was just weird until I. Yeah. To set the settings. Plugged in again and then told it, no, no, no. Make the laptop monitor, the primary monitor again. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so besides weirdness in XFCE, is there uh, any other issues that you've been having? Pulse audio question mark no actually not interesting okay i think the last issue last if you know what the last time i had an issue with pulse audio that video is still up it's the like the intro video on my channel and it's all echoed and everything (laughs) and i i i've been meaning to replace that video forever and like a lot of the stuff's not even not even valid anymore because at the time you if you're going to play games in steam run on ubuntu you better use that ppa for newer mesa drivers and all that good stuff and i don't think i'm not sure that's true anymore yeah uh, as far as i know they've actually done a good job of getting uh the reliance on ppas in ubuntu is starting to get better it's it's still not perfect but and and that's one of the things where i where i i I appreciate the fact that Ubuntu has the option of running PPAs, but the problem that I have with PPAs, I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but PPAs will get, um, 
forgotten about and unmaintained like nothing else. Yep. It is the most annoying thing. Like there are some PPAs that, I mean, a large portion of Ubuntu users are using that hasn't been updated or maintained in over a year and a half. And that is so common. Well, like there, there, there was a PPA for Nosos and it's still there, you could, but you're not going to get a new version of Nosos. And so Nosos ain't going to work for you. So mm -hmm. now on Ubuntu, you got to uh, build it from source code. Mm -hmm. But but it's in the AUR and the actual developer provides the, the package for the AUR. <laughs> and keeps it up to, up to date too. And keeps it up to date. Yeah, it, it's crazy because there's, uh, I can't remember, I was, I, I can't remember if I was talking to TFL or, or who it was, but someone was telling me, they're like, so when it comes to, oh no, 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 no. So someone was asking me in the live stream about Qtile on Ubuntu. And we, we went, like, I, I went to the website and was looking at Qtile, getting it installed in Ubuntu. And for, for you to install it on Ubuntu, you can do the pip route and install it through pip. The problem with doing that though is, as far as I know, pip, um, even though it will pull in dependencies for it, it um, for installing Qtile from essentially source, you're going to need to run uh, it's Python, um, then the setup.py script with an install flag. And as far as I know, pip is just going to run Python the and then the install script. So pip won't work. And then their PPAs for, for Qtile are like, you can and, and go through the PPA route, but the last, <laughs> the last version of Ubuntu that PPAs were on is, uh, I think it was like 1804 or something like that. Oh. And the one before that was like 14.04 or whatever. And I'm 99% right. sure 14.04 is the same version of Ubuntu where Hannah Montana Linux came out on using, using it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that ain't going to work. So you essentially have to pull it down from their, from their GitHub and essentially install it from source um, using the command. And it's just, it, it's one of those things where Ubuntu for a lot of things is easier. Like it just, for a lot of things it Ubuntu is just an easy to use distro. It's easy to get help, but for certain things, it, the PPA system and the way Ubuntu goes about solving problems sort of breaks down for quite a few things. And that's, that's the reason why I have a problem with Ubuntu. Really, in all honesty, it's that and then also Snap. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, speaking of Snaps, I've got two Snaps on this Manharo machine now. Really? Yep. Uh, you, so I, I have a question. You don't have a problem with the Snap daemon essentially just taking over your system? Um, not really, but uh, it was annoying. It was really annoying because... Uh, there's probably a way to do it in the terminal, mm -hmm. but I also had actually three snaps because I also had to install the snap store so I could go into permissions and give stunt rally permission to use the joystick. <laughs> oh, good Lord. See, my, my thing with snaps, I can't, I can't really get behind snaps. I don't understand why. And it's not because I have a problem with proprietary. I just can't understand why snaps are proprietary. I don't see the value in it. Right. Well, in the case of, uh, in the case of OBS, they've got a, I'm, I'm run, I, I run latest edge mm -hmm. of the OBS snap and they bake a lot of extra stuff that uh, they, the, a lot of the plugins that you would have to manually install, they, that are baked right in so that that's good in that case 
but I started it. It was in the AUR stunt rally, so I tried the uh, installed it from the AUR first, mm-hmm. and the performance was great. No sound. Weird. And I, but I could turn on. I could turn everything on. I could turn the graphic settings up to ultra, and the performance was absolutely wonderful. No sound. So then I installed the flat pack, which is what is uh, on the stunt rally website. Mm-hmm. for you to download and install and the performance just tanked i had to like turn the settings all the way down to low to get any kind of performance at all out of it hey. and and so the snap is just works better on this machine for whatever reason well, and see i mean again i'm, I'm not I gonna did, be the... I, did, I didn't just have to install stunt rally though i also had to install the snap store so i could because that was easier than figuring out how what terminal command to give that that particular snap a permission to use a joystick mm-hmm. where in the snap store there's just a button next to install for permissions it's like okay mm-hmm. i mean that's that, that's one thing that a lot of us tur like heavy terminal users just don't don't acknowledge or give proper credit to like the the gui interfaces for almost almost everything out and there i did look it up i did look it up for a minute Mm-hmm. But I didn't spend too much time on it because all of them said to go into everything I looked up. So all said to go in the Snap Store and use the permissions tab, and there was no instructions on how to do it in the terminal. No. And maybe if I would have kept digging. But is it worth it? I mean, it's not that it, yeah, difficult. That, it's it's like yeah, you know, I'll just look fine. I'll fucking install the Snap Store, which yeah. I didn't have installed on here before i only had the obs snap on here before come on (laughs) yeah and i mean also it's one of those things where it's the snap store is not like you're downloading like 18 gigs of data it's it's fine i one thing that cracks me up i i can't remember who was talking about it but someone was talking about the fact that um um oh good lord what gui application was it um i can't remember they would be a lot nicer if they worked like they were supposed to and Mm -hmm. actually Cause like uh, the uh, for and and on this on this machine, which is no big deal because it's in the it's in the repositories anyway. But like zero AD and Open Jedi Knight just doesn't work. It works oh, really? on Ubuntu, but on this Monharo machine, those snaps don't work. They just crash. Hmm. Well, I'm, I've definitely never tried the zero AD snap before, but zero AD does for me. It's always worked fine. But again, I'm on well. Yeah, I mean you are on mancharo right yeah Yeah, i think i did it i think i did it once because uh they had just updated and it wasn't updated in the repo yet but the snap was updated Hmm. it was like the day they updated or something that's one thing i will give uh, the containerized uh versions of programs for too i mean they are on top of update that shit they stay on top so so it's like okay fine that don't work I didn't really want the snap on my machine anyway. I'll wait a couple <laughs> days for the update. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so speaking of zero AD, uh, have you been playing more and more of zero AD lately? Not lately, okay. but I, it's something I always go back to, but man, it's, you, you've got to put at least two hours into it. Yeah. Zero AD is not a game that you hop into and play for 10 minutes. Like it's just <laughs> no. not. And th- that's another thing I, I will say when it comes to gaming on Linux, so many people are, not uh, about the process, you know, process of dealing with uh, something not working, which cracks me up because so many gamers like are like, you know, if you play a lot of games, there's a good chance that you, even though you're not a console gamer, you have 
a console available to you, like an Xbox or PS something. And it, it cracks me up the amount of people who are like, I'm it, it's, it's too much hassle and time waster to spend 20 minutes getting a custom version of Proton downloaded and put in the right folder, which cracks me up because I'm like, okay, you turn on the Xbox 360, Xbox One, whatever, and you're gonna be downloading an update for 45 minutes anyway. Like, and the thing's spying on you the whole time. Exactly, exactly. Especially, I mean, dude, if you got like one of them connects, I mean, you might as well just be letting it, you might as well just take a mapper into your house and just map your house for Microsoft. And you know, as far as fixing games, especially old ones, they don't, it's like, um, sometimes it's to, um, like say KOTOR, Knights of Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. You got to go into the any file and do things. Mm-hmm. to make it work in linux guess what you got to go into the any file and change those exact same things to make it work on modern windows <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Dude, yeah and do you and especially... i see people having more trouble with that game trying to run it on modern windows than than on linux especially when it comes to retro games i mean yeah. i gotta be honest just in case anybody out there is un, is unfamiliar with this if you play retro games and you're thinking of switching to linux do it the experience yeah. of playing retro games on linux you're gonna have a much better time yep. much better which is funny because a lot of these retro games that are, that uh i'm not st- directly talking about but thinking of they they, they were built for windows like yeah, it they, they, they was built for Windows XP. Good luck running it in Windows 10. Exactly. And and Windows is, is one of those distro, or not distros, but one of those operating systems where the reason it's so GD bloated is because it, it they can't they can't understand that, you know, re- relinquishing old dependencies and old um, compatibility with software like they're just not about it they they will not do it the foundation of windows is the same as, it, as the foundation for windows or windows 10 is the same foundation that was for windows xp 98 like and yet still when you take a windows xp game and take it to windows 10 or 11 you're gonna have problems you just yeah. are so Windows and Microsoft's whole argument that, you know, it's important for us to have backwards compatibility. That's why our OS is so big. I, I, I don't see that argument holding up. It's well, it, 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 not, it the argument might hold up if it worked, but it don't. Exactly. You, you're going to have an easier time running them old games and <laughs> Linux and wine. And I, 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 it, it cracks me up too. Cause I, I don't know. Um, how many people will actually want me to talk about this? But um, so yesterday in my live stream, I went off on a Microsoft rant, uh, particularly about uh, the crappy decision of making the dark theme only available if you sign in to GitHub. And there's so many decisions like that that the Microsoft executives make. I, I've, I've stressed this before. I'm going to go ahead and say it again just to try and hold back the like wave of emails that I'll get. But look, if you're a win, if you're a Microsoft engineer or a Microsoft developer, you are the reason that the company stays afloat. You are the reason why Microsoft is still held in high regard. The decisions that I'm about to talk about, I'm specifically talking about the executives and decision makers at Microsoft. They make poor and un, like quite frankly uneducated decisions. 
that just do not like the, the thing about the dark thing that really gets me is it yes them getting my information they can sell it and i understand that that makes money but it's very marginal money like i mean if we're being real it's 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 a pubes hair amount of money it ain't worth anything but they'll they'll do decisions like that to try and to, to try and make money off of you that just ruin the end user experience because let's be honest if you're the amount uh, in 2021 the amount of websites and stuff that have a literal dark theme is too much to count almost every single website has a dark theme un unless it's an old website or just poorly maintained they have dark themes and when you go to GitHub or Microsoft, you know, online products for the most part, it can be such a hassle to figure out whether or not they even have a dark theme because of brain dead decisions like that. Like, I don't understand why it, I just, I, it's blinding all that white on the screen. Mm -hmm. I, it's horrible. Yeah. And it's I just, it's straight up uncomfortable. Yep, and I mean, if we're being honest, I don't understand how it took decades for us to right? get to the point where, you know, white on black is probably not the or excuse me, black on white is probably not the best way of going about displaying stuff. I, I mean, even the Commodore 64 had that figured out. The blue and cayenne was actually pretty easy on the eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I will never understand how, why it's taking this long for us to decide that, you know, it's probably better and um, uh, more comfortable on the eyes to use dark themes. How, yeah. how, as a as humanity, do it take so long for so much of us to be? You know what? White themes are not as good, especially if it's like dark and you're sitting there, and all of a sudden you go to a webcam page, it just all I can't see. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude. I mean, if you if you have a problem with epilepsy, loading loading up uh, web pages in the dark is a severe risk. Like you're ta you're taking a risk every time you load up a web page. Now, one thing that I will say, I love the hell out of Cute Browser. I love the hell out of it. But the one thing that does irk me a bit about Cute Browser is when I load it up, I'm, I'm showing my screen right now. And so if I load up the web web browser, it loads up and before the website's loaded, it it's just a white screen. And I wish, I wish, that cute browser would just do a small minor patch where instead of when it's loading up a website, it's loading the browser instead of a white screen, it'll just show a black screen. And that's such a minor gripe, but I still wish. It's, yeah. It, it would be nice. Like it's jarring. All of a sudden your nice dark screen just be blinding. Mm -hmm. It's actually, it's literally jarring. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, it, it's one of those things where we've, at, at least we're starting to get better at in not just incentivizing it, but making it a norm for dark themes to be just the default. Um, as somebody who had an ulcer in their eye and suffered from severe light sensitivity, I can tell you, white themes are definitely not good for your eye. You just don't feel the pain when you're sitting in front of a screen that's all white. You just don't, unless you got some eye, some you know eye problem where you're light sensitive. Then you can really tell how bad it is on your eye because it actually physically hurts. Um, but that being said, I, I we won't go down the rabbit hole of crapping on. Uh, uh, Windows or uh, Microsoft products. So uh, speaking of crapping on stuff, you got anything uh, to say about Chromebooks? 
fuck those things. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Uh, I was actually talking with somebody or I was talking with somebody about Chromebooks and then we, uh, I, I saw Chris Titus tech had made a post about Chromebooks. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you got something to say about that? <laughs> they're, they're, if all you need is a web browser, fine. But other than that, they're junk. Yes. And I, I, I will not under, cause the, the thing about Chromebooks that sort of crack me up is like pe people will be like, well, you know, they're they're really good because, again, you just need a browser and you'll get great ba battery life. I'm like, that's 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 like saying, you know, um, you know, the old Aztec car, just that the, I can't remember what company made it, but the um, oh, good Lord. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Yeah, there's. They're so good, my Pentium laptop from 2014 outperforms a Chromebook from last year. Yeah, and and the battery life, of course it's great, because you're literally doing nothing other than just booting into Chrome. Like, of course. Like, that, that's the dumbest argument ever. That's like, that's like saying, um, I love the car that I bought uh, because it has no extra features in it, and it's super light, so it goes it goes fast, and it, and it, it saves on gas. I'm like... Well, yeah, of course it does because you've stripped out all the features and it's light as shit. Like that, 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 that's not a pro for the car. That's because you remove so much that that's the dumbest argument. It, I mean, not dumbest. I'm sure some of you guys rip out a ton of your shit in your car to make it go, you know, get better gas mileage. I'm not saying it's stupid, but saying that is the pro of the car is not really true like that's just a side effect of it of it having like five features instead of a hundred oh yeah the last time i built a 22r i got rid of all that emissions bullshit mm -hmm. dude I, w one thing i will say is out here uh, i i don't know about how it is where you are but our emissions testing has gotten a lot stricter and so we have uh, my grandfather's old truck that passed emissions for forever now when we take it in there the dude's like yeah n no you're gonna need this this is just it's not you can't pass a mission like, the guy told us like we, we could do some like heavy modifications that would cost us about 800 bucks to get it to where it would pass emissions and we're like it's a 19 like 80 something truck nice yeah yeah it's it's old it it runs i mean it still runs and it's it's a nice truck. I mean, even though it's beat up to hell, I mean, it's a farm truck. So of course it's beat up yeah. to hell, but uh, yeah, like it's just, we're not going to dump $800 into it to, to get it street legal. We'll just keep running can't around just, the farm. Yeah. Can't you just like, I know, I don't know. You can do this in some places, like put farm use only on it. And mm -hmm. Yeah. If you end up going on a road for a little bit, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we've done that as, um, cause well, for one, uh, as far as I know, I think he, I think it was like last year or something, uh, like essentially right, right. I think it was either right after, um, it may have been a little bit after, but after we figured out it wasn't going to be able to pass missions anymore. Um, and we used around the farm for a little bit, but I, I'm pretty sure my uncle is the one who now has it. He's, he's using it around his house. Um, and 
he doesn't have like a farm or anything like that, but he does a whole bunch of work outside. And right. Those old, those old trucks are great for that. They might yeah. not get the best gas mileage, but that's not the reason you're using it. Like <laughs> those, a lot of these new ones don't get great gas mileage either. If they're, if they got a big engine, it's actually going to do work with. Mm-hmm. And like my grandfather got a new Honda Ridgeline and he, he cracks off about it. Cause it's the bed on that thing is shit. It's like five right. feet. It's like, it's the worst thing ever. But he, he, he me and him cracked up laughing. Cause like, if you look, if you look under the hood, it is, it is like a built clearly. Like you don't even have to, understand cars you can take one look at it and be like oh this was built so i can't fix it like that's literally how it was designed and it's the most annoying shit like why come on i had a i had a 60 i used to have a 66 international crew cab dually and i wish i still had that thing Mm -hmm. but it got 11 miles per gallon Ooh, that's no matter no matter what if it was empty it got 11 miles per gallon if you threw a ton and a half of gravel in the bed which was like way overloaded. Yeah. It got 11 miles to the gallon and it didn't care. You yeah. might actually, you still didn't need to use the granny gear to get started because <laughs> that, it that's... was just geared, it geared like a mule. That's one thing that people don't give Hummers credit for. Like Hummers got that same, same problem where they're just like 11 miles to the gallon, but you can load up a hum- like those, those right. trucks, they get, they get that bad of gas mileage. There's a reason they get that back because you can load them bitches up and they're still going to get the exact same gas mileage, <laughs> which is, I mean, it's not great because like, I mean, if you're not hauling stuff or anything, it'd be nice to get better gas mileage. But at the end of the day, it's nice to know that you're, you're not going to load it up, drive away and get like four miles to a gallon. <laughs> All the, uh, one of the guys that had that thing before me moved mobile homes with it. And that's not something you do with a, a little truck. Normally. Really? It's, it's, those old internationals were built like tanks. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I, I will say one thing. Like, uh, there's, a, or I keep saying that. I, I need to stop saying, I'll, I'll say one thing. But it, anyway, um, we, we have a, a company that does, um, like, they'll do the old, oh, God, what do they call it? The, the military Humvees. And so you can buy, like, a, a military Humvee out here and there's a guy out here who has his own humvee and it is the funniest thing to just see him driving because like when i pass him you know like i'll wave at him but there are people like in front of me that when they pass they're like i can see their heads like lock onto him like oh the military's coming through here and it's like no <laughs> no it's just your neighbor going to get some groceries <laughs> those things the actual military ones i don't even think they have keys do they you just turn them on I have no idea about it. And as far as I know, um, like to, to be able to own it, like they're, they have to remove some of the special things right. about it. I'm pretty sure you're, if, if you were to buy a military Humvee and drive it as a citizen, I think you actually have to replace the uh, bulletproof glass in it. I don't think you can oh, have come it. On. I know that I, that's one of the things like when I heard, when I heard that, again, I'm not I mean, sure I that's understand, the case. I can understand the machine gun mount or something like that. Although we should be allowed to have that also according to our constitution but i mean when it comes to the bulletproof grass like come on man that's that's so neat like even though it's better than safety glass exactly but i mean i will say i mean definitely as a citizen it's um unnecessary i mean i it if you need a bulletproof glass, I don't know what you've done. (laughs) (laughs) You've probably done something nefarious. Yeah. But uh, it would be nice to just 
it, it would be nice if bulletproof glass got to the point where you could just get bulletproof glasses like your windows in your home like that would be nice but the, you can but the the expense for it is out the ass don't they actually didn't they actually uh didn't someone actually make transparent aluminum now interesting i have no idea i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that's a real thing now it's not just from like that star trek movie anymore transparent aluminum i have to find this out we will do some researching here on the pod let's get learned transparent aluminum up from holy crap transparent trans okay aluminum oxynitrate or nit nitride um is a transparent ceramic composed of aluminum oxygen and nitrogen um yep. that's insane Transparent aluminum is real now, not just a not just a something in a Star Wars movie with the whales. That our Star Trek, Star yeah. Trek. Excuse me. I I, I wasn't even correct going to correct you. I knew exactly what you meant because the the first link when I searched it was a Star Trek like fandom. <laughs> but dude, that's that's so cool. Like now now, what would be really interesting is if we could get like. Um, like laptops or desktop computers made out of transparent aluminum that would be sick be sick be able to look inside your pc see everything right, like an acrylic case but it's aluminum instead mm -hmm. that would be yeah where you don't sneeze on it and you chip the plastic like that would right. be nice <laughs> well um so uh when it comes uh, well, how do we go off on this tangent anyway? i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i just thought of it i'm like maybe we should get back on topic oh but but I mean, then again, this is the podcast where we don't have topics. We go down tangents and hopefully everybody enjoys it. I, I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, again, it's, 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 it's not like one of these things where we have a set topic that we're going to go over. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Is there an easy way to convert an RPM package or a deb package to a arch package? I'm actually not sure about RPM. I know when it comes to Deb, uh, you can essentially take a Deb and um, extract it and and then use it on Arch. Um, I'm not sure exactly the process. I'm, I really haven't done it, but I've been told multiple times by other people, just you can pull down the Deb and use the Deb on, on Arch. I know you can do that. Huh. I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't try to tell you exactly how to do it because I'm I'm not sure I don't want to give you wrong info but I know it can be done I'm not sure about RPMs though because that Fedora does their own type of shit you know yeah F Fedora is definitely their they, they've got their own thing going which I respect right. but uh, I, I know I, and and I know for a lot of people they love Fedora um, Fedora is a good distro but for me Fedora is just uh, it's all it's all right. I'm not big on GNOME, and if you want to get the KDE spin right. of Fedora, uh, I've tried it, and for some reason, the KDE spin of Fedora gives me a ton of issues, uh, particularly I with audio. I don't want to talk too much smack about GNOME because some people like it, but it's not for me. Same here. Um, I I mean I like GNOME. I have no problem with GNOME. It's just it's. It's one of those desktop environments where I look at it. It I like the aesthetic of GNOME, but it, and I like the idea of using GNOME, but just in practice, it's not for me. But 
All right, well, I think we're going to go ahead and we'll end off this podcast right here. I don't know if we're close to an hour or not, uh, but I mean, hey, if, if we ended off a little short, I don't think anyone will have a problem with that because we have done podcasts that were closer closer to the three hour mark. So we'll, right. we'll, we'll make up for those long streams with a or podcast with a short one today. Um, so thank you guys for watching it's been an absolute fun time i've enjoyed the hell of t out of talking with you jeff and uh, i'm sure we'll keep talking for a little bit after we after we end this off but uh thank you guys for watching and uh if you want to check out jeff and his channel over at low spec linux laptop link will be in the description definitely go on over there he, he makes some great videos especially if you like live streams and you like retro gaming or at the very least you know non-triple a like like drop dead gorgeous games, you know, stuff that bring back the nostalgia and also make gaming great. Like, I don't know, Morrowind, definitely go check I, out his live streams. I've been, I've been, uh, I started Fallout 1. Oh, yeah. Well, I, actually, I was going to ask you because I, I totally forgot the name of the game. What was that game that you were playing that's similar to Fallout inspired? Um, Adam RPG. Adam RPG. And most of that, most of that was, uh, most of that was just going through the hour long tutorial <laughs> before, because the, the game, the actual game starts when you get mugged. <laughs> that, that's, that's the best way to start off a game. You just lose all but your that's, shit. That's definitely a, 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 a callback to like Fallout, the original Fallouts. I, I had a really good time watching you play that. That was a, Oh, that that right there was so good. I was like, I definitely need to check this game out. There's... It's, it's been a while since I played it, and I I haven't gotten that far in it. But uh, I'm pretty sure my next uh, my next mission is to go collect the Amos, Amanita Muscaria mushrooms. They're calling them toadstools. <laughs> but if I remember right, maybe I'm wrong. But if I remember right, that's what they are in the game. Because mm -hmm. that lady gave me the psychedelic drink. <laughs> yeah, and she, wants me to, and she wants me to go pick mushrooms for. Her. That's the best, dude. There, there's nothing like some good mushroom picking in a game. It's like what? Yeah. So. Yep. Well, all right, guys. I hope all of you have a great day, and I and Jeff will see you in next week's podcast. Bye. Bye bye.